Welcome to the Environmental Leadership Chronicles, a new podcast brought to you by the California Association of Environmental Professionals. In this episode, we feature Katie Laybourne. Katie is the president of the San Diego chapter of the Association of Environmental Professionals. She is a biologist, aquatic resources specialist, and drone pilot at Harrison Associates. Katie shares her journey to becoming an environmental professional, including her career path, her educational path, getting involved with AEP internships, and how her involvement with AEP led to her first professional environmental job. We hope you find inspiration in Katie's journey. Hi, I'm Jessa. And I'm Laurel, and today we have Katie Laybourne, who is the president of the San Diego chapter of the Association of Environmental Professionals. Thank you so much for being with us. Hello. Thank you both for having me. I'm so excited to be a part of this awesome podcast. Ida, we're so grateful to have you. Uh, You are a leader in AEP, and we wanted to have you on because I'm inspired by your AEP story specifically. Tell us how you got connected with AEP and why that was important for you. Well, thanks, Laurel. Yeah, I. so AEP has been a big part of my life ever since moving here to San Diego. So I came out to San Diego from Colorado um, to go to the University of San Diego. And immediately when I got to campus, I noticed that there were just so many different opportunities to get involved. And I immediately gravitated towards AEP because of the environmental focus and being able to network and just build connections with people and and get opportunities to um, job shadow and meet folks who are doing the amazing jobs that I hoped to uh, maybe be able to be a part of someday in the future. Um, and it was just such a welcoming environment for me and, and such a place that I felt great, um, great connection with people. Um, I think that especially here in San Diego, making those connections, it can be a big city with a lot going on. And I think having that little community really helped me, um, see a path for myself, um, to be in the environmental field and have a career that I loved and just have opportunities to continue to grow. Uh, so I, I really just started out, um, being a member of AEP, the student membership, um, program. We had a little tiny chapter at USD um, and I wanted to get into leadership positions. So I slowly moved my way up and by my junior year, um, I was the president of our um, USD chapter. So that was really fun. Yeah. Um, Just trying to be more involved and and be a little bit um, a bigger part of organizing and and coordinating the events because I thought there was a lot of really great opportunity um, to expand our our place at USD, but also connect with students from UCSD and SDSU and some of the community colleges. Um, I thought that that would be really awesome and, and helpful for my um, journey through college and then into uh, getting a job, which <laughs> was such a daunting prospect when you're looking at your senior year and saying, oh my gosh, I actually have to be a real adult in less than a year. <laughs> yeah, it's, so. it's terrifying. And I... I'm a fellow University of San Diego alum, and I was was introduced (laughs) to AEP in, I think it was my sophomore year when I took a CEQA class, 
And Wendy Worthy was like, everyone here needs to be an AEP member. Otherwise, I'm not yes. <laughs> giving you bonus points. And I was, firstly, and I'm interested in hearing like your experience when you're younger, what you think the environmental profession is. Because when I was studying environmental studies, I didn't know what environmental consulting was, who, what the resource agencies are, who are regulators. I didn't know. I didn't understand any of this. All I knew is I wanted to like save the bugs and the bunnies and I don't know, I'll do whatever the professors tell me. What was your vision for like what an environmental profession was when you were in college? Yeah, Laurel, my experience was so similar to that. So I actually didn't even take a CEQA class in college. I didn't know what it was. I wish I would have known and I wish I would have had Wendy as my professor because she's amazing. Um, but yeah, I, I was kind of more on the marine science side for most of my college career, um, wanting to go into like the hard science and do like all the research and go live on a boat and just travel around and do the like get my hands dirty and and all that. Um, but then once I started actually doing internships and realizing, hey, I don't know if this is like all of this is going to fit my lifestyle. I wanted to get exposure to other options and see what it was like to like, what, just what other jobs are out there for folks who want to be in the environmental field and use their science backgrounds, but be more policy-based and more um, kind of serving the communities that they live in. So once I got connected with AP and saw that there's other paths for, for science majors other than going and getting your master's and then your PhD and doing research and like being a forever student, which has huge benefits. And I think I could have loved that life too, but I got, ex I got the connections through AEP with people who were biologists who were working in the field, but also writing these documents and working on policy and, and making real change in California and even just like more locally protecting species that are endemic to San Diego itself. Um, I thought that that was super valuable and just a really cool opportunity to stay in a city that I loved and, and be able to stay in this community um, and become a bigger part of it. So I think um, to hopefully answer your question, um, getting having AEP, even though I didn't have the CEQA classes, like you were so smart to take <laughs> during college, um, I think AEP helped me because I really, I used the CEQA workshops and the CEQA practicum. I put all of those on my resume and just seeing CEQA on there was my foot in the door at the environmental firms that I started um, applying to. And they saw that I at least had familiarity with CEQA, which was a huge step up from a lot of the students who just at the time didn't, in, in my field, I guess, just didn't really um, get a, get a lot of um, experience with it. So AP was huge for that. <laughs> That's how I, in my very first interview, they asked me, what does CEQA, like, what does that acronym stand for? And I remembered back to my CEQA practicum and I was like, California Environmental Quality Act. They're like, oh my gosh, you're the first person who's actually been able to name it today. <laughs> I was like, oh my God. <laughs> I should have like written an email to Kirsten Skadberg who ran the practicum like that okay. day and been like, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> you helped me get to the second interview. So yeah, just all of the activities that AP offered when I was a student, like it, it paid off huge dividends for me once I started getting into the actual career itself. 
Well, in your career right now, you're um, a biologist, you do marine science work, you're also a drone operator. Like, that's what blows my mind so much is that when I was in college and I was like, I guess I know what CEQA is. I know the resource areas that are covered, but I don't really know how Mm -hmm. it's implemented. And then being an environmental studies major and economics minor, I learned more about natural resources management instead of compliance and review for development projects. Mm -hmm. But then you evolve, like you're, you're, you find out what part of the environment, which is everything (laughs) (laughs) part resonates with you. When like walk us through a few stages of your career, when you started to like, what do you do now and how did you get there? Yeah. So I, like you said, I'm a biologist. Um, I'm more of like a aquatic resources specialist. So like permitting and, and, um, doing more of the regulatory work for the wetlands and non-wetland waters. Um, I wish, I hope to get more into the actual marine work again someday soon. Um, but, and I'm also a drone pilot. So that's kind of just complementary to the biology and, and the, um, the aquatic resources like mapping and being able to visualize everything. It's been really cool to integrate that. Um, but I did start out just as a CEQA generalist, not just CEQA, being a CEQA generalist is, is amazing and it taught me so much and it's so valuable to be able to write all of the different sections in an EIR, MND, and be able to have that breadth of knowledge, I think was super, super valuable. And I, every time I talk with students through AP events, I say, don't be afraid to be more of a generalist at the beginning because that helps you navigate and find what you're interested in. And, and through the two and a half, three years that I was a CEQA generalist, I realized my love is biology. And I loved writing the biology report or the biology sections and using the biologists reports and just said, you know what, I want to start writing these reports. I don't want to just be translating it into CEQA speak. Like I I want to actually be out there again and and doing the data collection and doing the analysis and working with the regulators and and being like actually on the ground and, and getting to experience the species again. So um, it's when I kind of made this pivot towards specializing more in biology and starting to pursue um, wildlife permits and get my certifications for water quality and for um, wetland delineations and stuff like that. So that's where I've kind of been able to, to step, um, kind of just do like a little pivot and and be more focused on biology and use my college experience and my background in in like the hard sciences um, of biology and be able to apply that um, for still working in the sequel world, but also moving into more like natural resources management and doing like more comprehensive thing, like bigger plans and stuff like that. So that's kind of where that journey took me. And um, I'm really grateful for everything that I've learned and and all the people that have helped me along the way get to this point, because I really do. Every day I'm learning something different and it's very challenging and and very physically (laughs) challenging at times. Um, Hiking three times a day up to Iron Mountain is not my favorite thing right now, (laughs) which I'm currently doing. Um, but it's, it's just so exciting and so rewarding and something I keep having to tell myself every day, like, whoa, I actually get to do the job that I wanted to do when I was looking at colleges back as a teenager saying, Hey, what can I picture myself doing? And, and what could I be happy doing for a long time? So it's, I'm just very grateful. And, um, just AP was such a huge part of that. Um, and then finding my company Harris and associates, I've, I've just loved working with my team. 
Um, we have an environmental group that's just grown. I've been there for three years now. Um, our environmental group has grown from just a couple of folks um, to over, I think we're almost at 30 now um, across the whole state. And our company itself is only about 200, a little over 200 people. So our environmental group is becoming a really big presence at our company. And it's just been amazing. And even getting through this past year and a half, working away from everyone, I've still felt so connected and, and through AEP too, the connect, that's the, been the biggest thing through the pandemic, especially being able to have the events and still be able to see faces um, and keep those connections alive and keep laughing with everyone, even though there's so much uncertainty. I think those have been, um, keeping those communities has really kept me, <laughs> kept my head up and kept me moving forward. So, um, mm -hmm. Yeah, it's been big. <laughs> yeah, you mentioned um, a few things that I wanted to touch on. Harrison Associates, about 200 people. To give people a little perspective, the San Diego chapter of AEP has more members than all of Harris has employees across the state. So it kind of gives you like a little juxtaposition. And for those that aren't familiar, there are like really massive environmental consulting firms. I think when I worked at URS Corporation, we were 17, no, hundred and 107,000 employees, like it was insane. It was huge wow. globally. So there's opportunities to get involved in um, a local nonprofit professional organization that gives you access to a really big group outside of your, your firm, even if it's a statewide firm. Plus there are other consulting firms that you can work with that are massive across the globe and have all these resources networks. And then of course we have these resource agencies that are that are small and localized and different. It takes specialists to understand that. And then the other thing I wanted to note was when, when I started in my professional career, I was paid $10 an hour to collect water quality samples from storm drains. Oh, and then gosh. fast forward and, and, and I imagine that your first job out of university was not an extremely high paying salary, right? And I just want to inspire people that you you can say yes to things that that are somewhat within the realm of the environmental profession. Like I didn't think I was going to be a stormwater quality analyst when I was, you know, 35, 40 years old, but I said, yes, I'll go, I'll go out and do this. What were some of the projects that you worked on that you didn't really know what they were, but you said yes to, and it ended up changing like your interest or your experience or your exposure to some part of the environmental industry. Yeah. So when I actually, and I just want to kind of underline a point that you just said regarding um, kind of understanding how diverse and the variety of like sizes and experiences of the companies that are in the environmental field um, and the access that um, AP members get to kind of understanding what all of those different, like what people um, experience as employees of different size companies. And the first company I worked at was Atkins and it had I think hundreds of thousands of people across across the world. And then I kind of slowly through moving um, positions and, and changing my career up, um, moved a couple times to different companies and got to kind of hone in on what size company, what are the values, what what are the kind of like core ethos, I guess you could say, of, of what's important to the leadership and to the employees at each company and where you fit best and what, what kind of environment that you want. Um, I think, and that's where talking with 
with all the different AEP professional members, you can really ask them, hey, what does your day-to-day -day look like? Or what is, what is it like working at your company? Do you have access to the people at the top or like the, le the executive leadership? Or are you, do you even know who they are? Like those kinds of things are so valuable to know okay. as someone who's gonna be job searching because I would never say don't like, I, I say, always say yes to, mm -hmm. to things, but it's also good to have the perspective of, Hey, you can shop around a little bit too. Like when you're interviewing or looking for jobs, like it's not just you trying to sell yourself and how, what you're, what the benefit of hiring you would be is what is the benefit to you of, of working at, a, at that place? So well, just hey, to like underline that a little more. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, this is a much better question than the original question I asked. What would be uh, some of the questions you would ask the company that's interviewing you for a position? What would you ask them so that you could understand what their culture and their values are like? Yeah, I think um, definitely asking them who, like, like kind of like I said, like, do you have access or do you know who the executive leadership, the people who are making the decisions for your company, like the direction that everything's moving in, what are the values kind of do, does that employee know that? Or I mean, it's not always important as important to everyone. Like everyone has kind of different perspectives, perspectives of what they need from a company. And for me, I really love having access to the people who are kind of shaping where our company is moving, like the priorities, the values, and, and other questions, especially pertinent now are, hey, what are their policies regarding like workers' rights as well as diversity, equity, and inclusion? Are there active policies? Are they, are they having initiatives? Are they shaping the company and how they hire and how they recruit around these values of diversity, equity, inclusion, because, and that's for me, that's something really important. And that's something that I'm really happy that Harris does. We have a diversity, equity, and inclusion um, action group, and it's a pretty large group of people across the whole state in all different um, we have engineers, we have designers, we have environmental folks, we have everyone as a part of it. And so is our executive leadership. And that's been something that's so valuable to me. Um, and AEP has been doing great in those realms as well. Our, our focus on including diversity, equity, inclusion in our, all of our goals, making it a point to to have that as the centerpiece for how we move forward. And it's not just, oh, here's a bullet point it's, it's, this is how we're shaping who we are as an organization. Those kinds of things are really important. Um, I think just asking too, like what their day-to-day -day is like, are they having a lot of collaboration with their team? Are they getting a lot of feedback? Are they um, being able to reach out to people and have that, that connection available? Because especially when you're, you're new at a company and you're new in the field, you're gonna have a lot of questions. And if you just have to spin your wheels and you just have to Google things, like that's not gonna help you grow. Like communicating and collaborating and, and having a dialogue with a supervisor or even a peer or like someone who's just a few years ahead of you is so valuable to your career growth. So having that access and, and the people being available to you as like a new employee, they're not just going to say, okay, go off and write this document, but like have no experience <laughs> with mm -hmm. it and, and really just like let you kind of flail around. Um, there's going to be a little of that. There always is. It's a lot of like trial by fire when you first start in any job, but 
Um, I think that's a big one for me is how collaborative is that working environment? Right. Um, I think too, what you're saying is like, it's important to ask about, I mean, the training opportunities and career growth, because mm -hmm. not only will you be flailing there, people aren't available to answer questions and to help you, but then how are you going to get to the next step? And so it's a very, I think it's a very important question to ask when you're just getting into the industry is to, to ask what, what training opportunities there are as well. Yeah, exactly. And to that point as well, how much does the company support involvement in organizations like AEP? Do they support their employees being involved in, in, in professional um, organizations and, and volunteer opportunities? Because even if um, it is aside from and in addition to hopefully everyone's involvement in AEP, I'm sure that people have different interests and in what they want to volunteer for as well. And, and having that be something that the, com that the company values and they support and they encourage is something that's really important. And, and that's something that I found at Harris is they have totally supported me and embraced my um, love for AEP and my wanting to be super involved. And I have a lot of different learning goals and career growth goals. And AEP is, is a part of that. In addition to, oh, I need to get this wildlife permit. Oh, I need to do this training every year. Like I have a certain amount of time that I already have set aside in my like yearly outlook of what I'm going to be doing. I have that time set aside for what I know are my commitments and what I want to do with AEP. So that's something also that I didn't really necessarily think about when I was looking for jobs is um, like, yeah, just does the company support volunteerism and, and uh, participation in, in organizations, especially, I mean, it's great uh, advertising for them. Like, yes. <laughs> Harris was extremely excited that I was coming on to talk with you guys, not only yeah. as a representative of AP, but a representative of my company and what we stand for and, and what we support. So I think that it's only a benefit all around. <laughs> Yeah. And it's, I mean, it's genuine too. Like I know your, your leaders, Ryan Bins and Diane Salmon, I know them mm -hmm. long time AEP folks. Ryan Bins was my first manager and I carry him close to my heart all the time. He knows this. And that's the point. The point is that this is a network of people that you get to carry with you forever, call upon when you need, or like me, for example, I became a developer. I'm no longer an environmental consultant. I'm a developer now. Now I need all of all of my environmental consulting people to help me do my job. And I would say for those that are looking for um, a job or their dream position, that when you have AEP, when you're a member of this network, you get to say, okay, I might not have the answer to this exact problem, but somebody in this network does because they're the, we're all the leaders in the environmental profession in the state of California and, of course, affiliated with national AEP. So somebody somewhere knows the answer <laughs> and you have this like direct access to these people. I, I think that if somebody had told me that in college, um, I would have jumped in a bit more. For me, my entry to AEP was when Ryan Bin's supervisor said, Oh, there's this organization, AEP, they're looking for a newsletter editor. Do you want to be a newsletter editor? And then, I mean, everything goes on from there. Speaking of which, yeah. how did you, how did you become a pre the president of San Diego AEP? And what is it like being in leadership? What does that mean to you? 
Yeah, well, thanks. Um, actually, Laurel, I have this like very vivid memory of going to one of the AEP workshops and coming up to the registration table and you were there and Corinne was there and I had been um, a part of the student chapter. And I think one or one or both of you, oh, and I had, I'd known Corinne through a speed networking workshop and she, I think was telling you about me or something. And both of you were like, you need to join the board. Like you were like, we have a position for you. We need you to join it. <laughs> and so I came on, I came on as the student um, outreach and membership director. And it was exactly what I needed and wanted to do at that time. Like I was still so close to my college years and wanted to continue to foster that, um, that connection with USD AEP, but also help grow it at SDSU and UCSD and Point Loma and Nazarene and all the community colleges. So that was my goal. And I was in that position for, I think, two and a half years, almost three years, maybe it was three years. Um, and then we, um, I think just from the natural cycle of things, I, I was, I've been really close with Corinne for a long time and um, she has been a mentor to me and the, one of the most valuable relationships that I've had um, here in San Diego and I really admire her so much and she kind of sat me down and was like, Katie, I think that it's time for you to start thinking about maybe transitioning to be president and I was like, what are you talking about? I'm like, <laughs> I just perpetually see myself as like this entry level person that I'm like always just faking <laughs> it till I make it. Um, and she was just like, no, I think you're ready. Like I'll be here. I'm going to be, I'm going to transition to director. Cause it's, it's a, usually easier for presidents to kind of transition to be directors. Cause they're like the all knowing person and Corinne just knows everything about AP and has been a huge part of it for so long that she's such a wealth of information. I was like, I couldn't do this, Corinne, unless you stayed on the board with me because I need your knowledge and your wisdom. Um, so that's kind of how that evolved. And yeah. I loved being the president and I have an amazing group of members on my board. They're all so hardworking and they really love just giving everything that they have to their positions. And I'm so grateful for them. They make being the president, the easiest thing ever, and so enjoyable and fun. And um, even in the last year and a half where we haven't been able to see each other, like still connecting every month and every week, really just collaborating and, and growing and continuing to work hard to make San Diego AP successful and, and a really valuable um, place for our members to come to and, and something that's fun and hopefully a, a bright spot in their week and their month yeah. when they come to our workshops and do some of our social events and really looking forward to getting back in person to see everyone. <laughs> that's what I was going to say that San Diego AEP events are fun. And so my background is not in environmental, but business management, but I've worked at an environmental company for years. And so I was always going out networking and all this stuff. And then Laurel was the one who at least formally introduced me to AEP. I'd, I'm sure I'd heard of it at some point. And then I went to the event. I was like, oh, I'm like, this is where the fun people are at. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it really is a fun group of people. Like our social events are like sometimes too much fun. <laughs> I'm like, this yep. seems way too fun to be an actual professional event. I shouldn't be like getting so much good professional benefit from this. It seems solely like very <laughs> self-serving. <laughs> yeah. I love, I love that too, because I felt the same way when I was like a entry level professional, I would go to the AEP conferences, which are held mm -hmm. in various places throughout the state. We rotate throughout 
And I remember being at the San Fr- the one in San Francisco, and Ryan had to come get me <laughs> after a while. He had to come rescue me from. I got lost, but I I just remember. Uh, looking around, especially in the Santa Barbara conference in Santa Barbara, I was looking around and I grabbed Mindy Fogg and I was like, I can't believe I have you guys. I, I get to travel all over the state where, and have like a blast and eat good food and, and learn and have cocktails mm-hmm. with each other and just bond. And then we all wake up the next day and nail our presentations. I mean, like the most technical yeah. top level like governor's office of planning and research level collaboration after, you know, partying all day. And we're just like on top of it. And it makes Mm. me feel so good. I'm so, I'm so glad that you felt that that way too. To me, AEP is like this fun fam forever family. Yeah. Um, That also happens to grow you professionally. (laughs) Yeah. It's kind of amazing to see these people who are actual geniuses then also be so like socially just like, so fun to be around. It's like, why do you, how can you have everything? And so many people like in our field are just all the things and I all love it. Things. And it, it makes me feel like I'm, I don't know that I'm operating at that level at all times, but sometimes I'm like, whoa, am I a part of this? This is kind of yes. cool. <laughs> you are Katie. Katie, you've arrived. You're in leadership oh. in a professional organization. You're a drone pilot. You're doing your your wetlands work. You're doing your bio work. Like this is much needed in the profession. Thank you so much for being an inspiration. I feel like you students out there that are listening, you young folks out there that are listening who don't know what CEQA is, don't know what AEP is. It doesn't matter. As long as you're interested in the environment, you'll find like you'll find your path. Yeah, it will come totally. To you. Exactly. Well, I think that, I think that this might be a good time for our Justin, wrap up rapid. Five. Oh gosh. I'm I not gonna say it very slowly. <laughs> this is gonna be interesting. <laughs> Prove it. To, maybe I'll help you. You guys have to help me brainstorm things. I might need to phone a friend or something for something. Here for you. All right. First, favorite daily habit. Oh my gosh. It's gotta be working out. I like have to work out in the morning, otherwise, I feel like one, I am so much more tired, but also I then can't eat ice cream later without feeling so guilty. So that's how I make up for it. <laughs> Your planner. <laughs> All right. Two, three things you'd bring to a deserted island. Oh my gosh. Um, definitely my dog Elton. I'd have to have him with me. He can be my little hunter. Um, I think binoculars so I can see all the cool tropical birds because I am a bio nerd at heart. Um, and then maybe an umbrella. So I don't die from the sun. Cause I am really, really pale and get sunburned easily. <laughs> very practical. <laughs> this is very telling. I was going to say, this all sounds very practical. I don't need anything to read. <laughs> what is your favorite? <laughs> what is your favorite environmental policy? Oh my gosh. There's so many, all of them. No, but well, right now I think would be the Migratory Bird Treaty Act for sure, because it's allowing me um, not only to be able to gaze at beautiful birds and watch their cute little hatchlings and fledglings right now, um, but also is extremely um, vital to protecting all the raptors and, and migratory birds and nesting birds in our state. And I think um, really, and it should just be everywhere all the time. So 
that's my answer. Right. <laughs> Favorite fauna or flora and or if you want to. This is not rapid anymore because I have like 300 to list, but <laughs> I'll just, I'll stay with my, my tried and true as a great white shark. It's always going to be my favorite. My first love is sharks. So I'm a terrestrial girl right now, but it's got to be sharks still. All right. And wouldn't it be cool if. Wouldn't it be cool if every student in California became a member of AEP? Beautiful. It would be cool. <laughs> I would love that. I would be overjoyed and every environmental professional, honestly, but we'll, we can start with the students and then it'll just evolve from there. <laughs> yeah. Be like Katie, join AEP. Yes, please do. Come join us. Not in a Thank you so much. Way. <laughs> Thank you, Katie. Fun way. You've Thank been you an awesome so guest. Much. Yes. This has been such a pleasure. Um, I, I would come back and talk to you anytime. <laughs> yeah. Series two. What's yes. Katie doing now? <laughs> From drone pilot to shark master in the oh Pacific Ocean. <laughs> yeah, check back with me, hopefully, in, a, in very soon. <laughs> All right. Awesome. Thank you so Great much. Great to see you guys. Bye. We hope you enjoyed this episode. As a new podcast, it really helps us if you share with friends and colleagues that may enjoy this podcast as well. And please subscribe or follow the podcast to be alerted for new episodes. If you want to submit a shout out, please send a voice memo that's under one minute to podcast at C-A-L-I-F-A-E-P.org. That's podcast with an S at the end, podcast at C-A-L-I-F-A-E-P.org. Or please send any feedback you'd love to share. Thank you.